Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 214 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons. Welcome. It's post-draft. It's in that tricky time of year when things are going on, but not really, but they are. Some stuff is going on, not least within Nathan Palmer's brain. Nathan, what is happening inside your brain? Oh, I don't know, really, son. It's a funny time of the year, isn't it? I mean, there's still, you know, we had the schedule release come out. There's, you know, the post-draft. Excitement is fading, but it's still just about there, isn't it? Um, well, yeah, I mean, the, the guys were in for rookie camp this well, yeah, exactly. uh, these past few days, and some of them look really good. I mean, albeit from literally a few snippets on on video, but uh, Miles Murphy looked as athletic as uh, advertised. Charlie Jones looked really slick out of his brakes with them silky old hips. DJ Turner looked like, looked like shit off a shovel. Um, Jesus, yeah, like, absolutely rapid that oh, guy, isn't it? I'm just look, I can't wait to see him. Can't wait to see him in action or DJ Turner. Jordan Battle already winning hearts and minds within the Bengals organization. Looks good on a football pitch. And uh, Nathan, one of those rookies. Well, here's our special guest this week. It's uh, we've got uh, Andre Yoshivash coming up. Uh, and he looked silky smooth and as athletic as advertised. Obviously on the pitch, not in the interview. He didn't do any, uh, didn't run any routes for me or whip off his top for me at all in the interview. But um, um, certainly in drills in uh, rookie minicamp looked really good. Oh, I'm really looking forward to seeing everyone play. Really, DJ Ivy, blimey, what a unit he is! You know, seventh rounder, last pick of the the class. He looks uh, interesting. So yeah, a lot, a uh, lot to get excited about. Really, how are you feeling about the draft? A couple of weeks removed from it now. Do you know what I find funny? And I'm not pouring cold water um, on the enthusiasm, but it, this is the time of year <laughs> where know, every right? single team and every single fan base thinks they've got a chance. No matter how good yeah. the team will actually be, come opening day, every fan around the league now is optimistic. They all think they've had a good draft. They all think they've had a good free agency. You know, the worst teams have got new quarterbacks, most of them. If not, you know, they've got some good free agency and people will be getting people back for injuries and, you know, you'd be talking up um, their prospects. Now, We've got the X Factor, which is Joe Burrow um, and a couple of other elite players on the roster that really do give us a chance every season. So I think we can legit- yeah, legitimately turn around and say, look, we're excited and we think we've had a good draft class. But, you know, it's a funny time of year. It's the most positive time of the year um, when I think fans are all just, you know, missing football more than anything. You know, it's been a couple of months now since the end of the season. Um, you're watching tape of all these prospects in the lead up to the draft. But, you know, there aren't any live games now for still, what, at least another um, two or three months. So you've got a bit of time to wait um, and just sort of, yeah, have a bit of a sort of exciting look forward, I guess. And I that, know, I pe- people is- are doing like uh, power rankings of everything now because, like you yeah, said, there's I, nothing I, else to talk about. I don't get lulled into that unless it's power power rankings of crisps, chocolate bars, or beers. I think, and that's maybe something we should introduce. I think, but certainly doing power rankings of teams and where they are and all the rest of it. Who you know? It just seems ridiculous to me at this stage. Absolutely ridiculous. So, I'm staying well away from that business, Nathan. No, I agree with you. I mean, talking about fans being optimistic, what I've found quite interesting is the potential strength of the AFC North next year because I really do think the Steelers are going to be better with Kenny Pickett going into year two. They've got a couple of weapons in there for him. You know, they had a quite a nice draft. The Steelers have got, you know, some quality on defence. And obviously, you know, the Ravens, we thought they might capitulate and fall apart with Lamar Jackson going. He stayed, you know, they've brought in a couple of weapons for him now, which looks quite... You know, looks quite dangerous. So, 
the, you know, as as good as we feel, and I, we do have a fantastic team. I don't think there's anyone out there, even opposition fans, to say otherwise. You know, we are one of the big contenders. We've got some really, really good players, both sides of the ball. You know, I don't think we've really. There's a couple of players we've lost, of course, that you'd like back, but on the whole, I think we feel good about the upcoming season. But I mean, the AFC North, I, the one team actually. Saying the AFC North will be a real like dogfight next year as it always is. Tough year is always a tough division, isn't mm. it? It's never, you know, two, three teams in that division in the year that aren't competitive. The one team that I think is quite funny that I don't think they're taking a big step forward is the Browns. I don't think they've done that much. They didn't have a big draft. There's a lot of question marks still oh, around this year. They've seen, I don't know, man. They, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, a lot of questions, as you say, uh, surrounding uh, Watson. Um, they they picked up some nice pieces. They drafted reasonably well. They've just picked. They've just traded for Sedarius Smith. You know they they are sort of trying, but they do this every off season. Nathan, they are the perennial off season winners, and they just cannot get it together in the regular season, which to me is hilarious. And especially when Deshaun Watson is the quarterback, because I think the franchise has sold their soul. Uh, for winning at all costs, uh, throwing morals and ethics out of the window. And uh, so nothing would uh, please me more for them to fail spectacularly again. <laughs> Although saying that, they'll probably be its once. Um, who knows? But um, Nathan, just, just go quickly, on. Sam, just quickly before yeah, we go, go off the topic of power rankings, because I know you know you talk <laughs> about that, and it's that, that time of the year. The one thing I thought was mad the other day is a geezer, I can't remember who it was, but one of the pundits on NFL Network did his old, like, you know, top quarterbacks, and he was rating them per um, conference, like A, B, C, D, F, and Trevor Lawrence all got a bit hissy because he was down at the bottom. Oh, right, okay. What I couldn't believe when I looked at it is the absolute strength of the quarterbacks in the AFC versus the NFC. I mean, you just yeah. look at them side by side, and I don't think it's... I Never in my time being a fan for sort of 15, 20 years that I've been a fan now have I seen such a disparity in the quality either side. I mean, you look in the AFC, and some of the worst quarterbacks in the, um, the AFC they're talking about, you're talking about like Tua, who actually, when he was healthy last year, was fantastic. You know, you've got even Jimmy Garoppolo is right down the bottom as one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And yeah, he's not bad. I mean, he's not, you know, elite. He's not a top quarterback. But like, Took the 49ers one... to a Super Bowl, though, you know. Well, that's what I mean. You look at the talent just throughout the league, throughout the AFC there. You've got Josh Allen, you've got Tua, you've now got Aaron Rodgers, you've got Mahomes, you've got um, you've got Russell Wilson, who could be good on his day, Justin Herbert, Burrow, Lamar Jackson, you know, Deshaun Watson, arguably, when he's, you know, if he plays anything like he, you know, he, we know he's capable of in the past, he's a top quarterback, you know. I mean, it is just a really serious conference of like nearly 10 quality quarterbacks or mm. better and you go you look at the nfc and you think well you know there's a couple of decent players obviously Jalen Hurts is good that's not bad but you know when you actually delve into it you know you're talking about kirk cousins being one of the top quarterbacks in the nfc you know and outside of that there's a lot of teams where there's question marks or there's rookies or there's players that you know you're not you're not really sure about whereas it is going to be difficult for us next year because there are just so many good teams that are on the way up with you know elite quarterbacks so strap yourself in well strap yourselves in but that's what we said last year you know and uh, look what yeah. happened um right this is how we're going to play it today uh, dear listeners uh we're going to go through the schedules and go through the fixtures more importantly um, and tell you we're going to come up with our very early far too early, I mentioned there's no point doing power rankings at this stage but there's arguably no point in uh, in uh, coming up with far too early uh, wins and losses predictions but we're going to do that anyway because we're crazy and we like to live um, a little dangerously and uh, then we're going to bring in Andre Yoshivash and then we're going to say goodbye and then I may go and have some tea later on uh, so that's how this is going to play out uh, immediately so shall we shall we have a look at the old uh, schedule Nathan I believe that um, it's middle of the pack in terms of difficulty which kind of makes a nice change last year was very difficult I seem to remember in terms of well, however they rank it but we're in the middle of the pack so um, that's kind of good I guess um, Again, it's difficult to do, but just as a fun exercise, let's go through them. Browns uh, host the Cincinnati Bengals, I think for the first time in quite a while, actually. 
uh, on the 10th of September. And that, of course, for British viewers is beautiful because that is a six o'clock kickoff. So uh, Browns v Bengals at... Uh, they've come up with a, a new logo dog logo i think haven't they that's the extent of their excitement over in cleveland um what what are you saying what are you saying browns bengals i i think it's too early for us to be digging into wins and losses but i go on it's, snap it's just do it nathan just go uh, with it. it's hard game that and it i mean you're on the road it's a divisional game i mean <sighs> You'd fancy yourself, but I, I do think that's one of those. We started slow last year. You know, maybe if Joe Burrow has a proper off season this year for the first time in yeah, he's wearing a headband years. in workouts, which is which is uh, entirely inconsequential to anything. But uh, I think I thought I'd mention that because he looks quite cool. Makes me makes me nervous that game. I've got to be honest. Oh, I with thought you. you meant I thought you meant uh, Joe Burrow wearing a headband. Makes no, no, I'm quite that. <laughs> have you have you ever rocked the headband? Maybe this no, summer I, is the know, time. I, I, I think you'd suit a headband, to be honest. No, I'd, my my head's too big for any attire. <laughs> like I, if I wear caps, I look pretty bad. If I wear anything on my head, it doesn't look particularly flattering. So. Yeah, a headband, it wouldn't suit me. Well, so. you have got hair, which is also a bonus, and I am rapidly, well, rapidly don't have hair, so... Um... Okay, so... What, um, what is... You have lustrous locks by this time next year. You reckon? What, what did you say? Hair transplant, did you say? Yeah, you sort of had to get, you sort of had to dull a man, get some guys that stick a few pins in your head, and you'd be a new man. <sighs> no, I don't think so. I ain't, I ain't doing a Rooney. I ain't doing a Rooney. Go fund me. <laughs> Go fund me. Yeah. Hair transplant for the host of Cincinnati. I'm sure I'll raise at least £2.50. Um, I reckon that. you'd raise at least 200 quid. Honestly, if I did a GoFundMe for a hair transplant, how how much would you think I would raise? You get somewhere between like three and five hundred quid in a while. You reckon? If I do that, I'm just going to go to Turkey for a holiday. To be honest with you, so it'll be. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say three or five hundred quid when you get you very close. Because that's not that's not going to be a fantastic hair transplant, is it? You know, I'll need what I'll need a what ten times that amount. I think they're about somewhere between five and ten grand, aren't they? <sighs> Wow. I don't know, probably not as much as ten grand, no. I say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say five. Yeah, okay. Well yeah, if I get five hundred, it's just a holiday. So if you wanna, you know, um perhaps just send me on holiday, that'd be good. Anyway, right, Browns, Bengals, what you're saying, home uh, just at this ridiculous... I'm gonna say loss. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be... I'm gonna say loss as well. Just, yeah. As I mean it'd be one of those games I hate them. won it, it'd be massive because it really like you know, any divisional wins always massive. AFC wins massive. They all come back and, you know, to bite you at the end of the season if you lose them. So it'd be a huge, huge win. But, okay. you know, you know it's going to be fierce. You know the Browns <laughs> are going to bring everything they've got. It's hard. It's and hard. it's also like that week one where it's a nightmare because you haven't watched any tape of anyone and you don't know what they're going to be like and you don't. they're going to be throwing stuff at you that you've not seen before. That's why week one games are so all over the shop. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, round two. Well, sorry, week two. Another AFC North biff boff. It's um, Bengals v Ravens. And the Ravens have finally cottoned on to the fact that uh, it's a passing league and they need some wide receivers. And they have Beckham, I believe they've got uh, Aguilar. They've got, they drafted Zay Flowers. Yeah, uh, they've got say, yeah. Bateman uh, in what to come back from injury. Lamar has obviously resigned, so, and they've got a new uh, offensive coordinator, which is, I think, potentially their biggest move. Actually, um, well, they maybe not. Mister Ravens, I, I, they they really could be because I think you, you forget how good Lamar Jackson is when healthy. He's been so sort of all over the place in terms of his availability the last two years that it's easy to sort of be like. Oh, you yeah. know he's not as good as he. Although he can only run it, but I mean when he's when he's at his peak and he's got some weapons, I mean he's an absolute menace to geezer. So if he, you know, all in all likelihood he'll be fit week two of the season. I mean that's going to be a hard game as well. I am going to say know. a home win though. Just I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a loss. Oh, I went too bad start for for Nathan's Bengals, but Paul's Bengals back on trap. Um, Monday night week three. I should say the Bengals, uh, the Bengals Ravens is also a six o'clock kickoff, which is lovely. Uh, lovely, lovely, jubbly. Two six o'clock 
uh, kickoffs to start off. Bengals Rams Monday night. No idea. It's a bit of a weird Monday night selection, but I guess you know Super Bowl rematch. Zach Taylor versus Sean McVay. You know all that kind of stuff. It's not the strongest narrative or storyline, but whatever. Monday night, I'm going for home win. I think the Rams are still in transition. Um, yeah, home win for me. I think the Rams could be quite poor this season. If you look at all the teams out there, I, I agree. I think that's where we where we Ooh, get the injury. Nathan's Bengals back on the on the board for the first time. That's that's mm. rather good. Uh, then we go back to Tennessee, which seems to be happening every year for the past three or four years. And uh, we play the Titans on the 1st of October, 6 o'clock game. Um, Ted Karras better watch himself, better he game in there <laughs> after what he's been saying. I am going to go for a Bengals win there because I do think the Titans no, I... aren't going to, be going, going to be great either this year. They're a bit, they're not sure what's going on at quarterback. They still have talented players, you know, but um, yeah, I'm going, I'm going for Bengals uh, again. I'm going Bengals in that. Okay, so... Um... The 8th of October, we fly off to Arizona. Um, 9.05 kickoff for British fans there uh, on the 8th of October. I'm going for a Bengals away win against the Cardinals. I think, again, they might be a bit better. Kyler Murray will be is a little menace, I think. I think he's fun to watch. But, yeah, I yeah got to be a Bengals win for me. Yeah, I agree. I don't know really what to expect from the Cardinals. Also, got a new head coach come in, haven't they? Kyler Murray got all over the place like in the last year and didn't really play a whole lot. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think you, you've got to feel that you've got a lot more than the Cardinals in the locker there. So I'm going to go for a Bengals win there. Um, fifteenth uh, of October, Sunday the fifteenth, six o'clock kickoff for Bengal uh, for British fans. Uh, that's one o'clock, obviously, for you guys. Uh, for you guys listening in America, I think the Seahawks are going to cause some problems this year, and I think they've drafted fantastically well. I think, oh yes, I think they don't forget they were a playoff team last year. I'm going to say the Bengals only just, but this game scares me. I think Bengals win that. I think I think they'll be all right. Seahawks were good. Gino Smith, I know he was class last year, very accurate. Yeah. Can he do it again? I don't know. I think we at home are backers. I think honestly, I mean, I know it sounds arrogant, but like you've always got backers at home. There's not many teams in the league that I think have got more than us when we're at home. I think you, you're looking at maybe the you know the 49ers, the Chiefs, maybe the Bills. There's not. You know, maybe the Eagles, of course, but you know, I'm not sure there's too many teams that you'd say we should be afraid of when playing at home. Obviously, the divisional games are always, mm. you know, a challenge. But for me, I think, yeah, I think it's the Seahawks. We get that done. Then we have the bye week and we return from the bye week on the West Coast. We emerge from the bye week on the West Coast. Um, Quite nice to have that gap for those games. Because you've yeah, got obviously I mean, like- we're, my Bengals are going into the bye week uh, with a 5-1 and one record. That'd be outrageous. And yours, uh, your Bengals are going into the bye week with a four and two record. Have a bit of that. Yeah, you'd be happy with either of them, wouldn't you? I you think. would. I think you would. Four and two with a set of some hard games in there. But I mean, it's nice to have a bye week because the next two games, you've got the 49ers on the road, the Bills at home. So if you're going to get, you've got a couple of geezers wow. and you've got niggles after six weeks, gives you a chance to try and sort of yeah. prepare them and get them back. And then it gives you a bit of extra prep for those two extremely difficult game uh, games against the 49ers. <clears throat> And the bills yeah i agree and um i don't think we're going to beat the 49ers i think it'll be another cracking game i think it'll be a really good game I and mean, there's no i think you know we've got every chance to beat the, this 49 i just think it depends what they're doing at quarterback you know what i mean well, i really do that. um but they've yeah. got a fantastic <laughs> coach and they've got a fantastic scheme and they've got a fantastic couple of weapons, and they've got a fantastic defensive line, which is unbelievable at the moment. Um, yeah, fantastic stadium. I've been Levi Stadium. It's a good I've stadium. always wanted to go to San Francisco as well. That's on my bucket list. So, yeah. and yeah, it, it, this fixture always has a, such an emotional significance for me because the old Super Bowl. We've got such a shit record against 49ers, and I'm going to say we'll lose that one out in San Francisco. Yeah, I am as well. But I mean, like you said, it's like well, they. I mean, if they, I think they've got to go with Brock Purdy. But I mean, it's another. You know, after what he did last season, I think it'd be pretty crazy to go anywhere else. But 
I don't know either. Brandon but, Allen. Go with Brandon Allen. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. Um, but no, I think that will be a you know a difficult game. There's no shame going that you know on the road to the 49ers and losing that. Um, they'll for sure be in contention. I would have thought next year. Bengals Bills, uh, the sixth of November, the late game, one twenty a.m. That will be crap. absolute cracker. I'm going. I am going to go for a home win though. Um, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Um, I'm still. I'm still. I mean, they, they, of course, the Bills are capable of winning that game. Absolutely, it's a proper, very two, very two, very you know, cl- evenly matched teams. Um, they drafted reasonably well. I mean, they're a good team. I, I don't know. They still give you a chance, though, and I wonder what's going to happen to them this year. Um, yeah, Bengals home win. Bengals home win. Yeah, no, I, I great agree game though. Cracking game. Yeah, Overtime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bengals Texans on the twelfth of November, six o'clock kickoff for UK fans. Um, yeah, what do you think? Um, I mean, that's that's about as easy a game as you could put in. I know, obviously, the Texans have you know had a good draft, as everyone's had a good draft apparently, and you know, obviously, they've got they're going to be rebuilding. But I mean, you're at home against. Probably the worst team in the NFL last year, wouldn't they? Um, you've got to win that. Agreed. Then the Thursday, I think it's Thursday night, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, at Baltimore, that's a one fifteen am kickoff uh, for British fans on the Friday morning. Um, I'm going to say, we, we, I always say this, we'll split this series, I think, um, against Baltimore. But again, we're po- perfectly capable of walking in there and getting a result. You know, so, but I'm going for a loss, uh, just because I always like to split these series at this stage of any kind of, uh, um, you know, prediction time. You know what I mean? I'm going to go for a loss here. I think this, you know, prime time game on the road against the Ravens. I, I, yeah, I'm. I think, I think, I think that both Bengals Ravens game this year will be unbelievable viewing, and we absolutely could win them. Mm. But you've got to pick a loss somewhere in the schedule, haven't you? Really, I mean, you don't, you don't have to, but um, yeah, I think that'd be a tough one. Um, our record on prime time is not in the regular season, anyway. Is not spectacular, is it? No, but you know, it's better than it. God, the Marvin in Andy Tolton here. Do you remember? You oh, might yeah. as well just not have looked at the result every morning as you woke up, you know, because it was normally so bad. Uh, Twenty Sunday, the twenty sixth of November, Bengals Steelers. I'm going home win for this one. Yeah, I fancy us at home against the Steelers. You know, I think that'd be a good good divisional win to get down. That'd be you know starting to get into you know the classic cliche of the business end of the season there, aren't you? So that I think that'd be a good game as well. I mean, but I, t- but I tell you, I think the Steelers will be improved this year, and you yeah, know no, they I... you know they were they were what were they what did they finish last year? They finished with they, a... they finished with a didn't they end up nine and nine and eight or something? Yeah, in the yeah, end? yeah. I think they're going to be yeah. better this year. They they might be sneaky, and I hate them, but I, no, no I one's bad in that division. No, There's, no, that's right. It's going to be bad. I, I really don't think any team's got worse. Jaguars Bengals at on uh, on the Monday night. Uh, the well, our time is the fifth of December uh, at one fifteen a.m. on that uh, on that Tuesday morning. We're into December, as I say. The Jaguars looked terrific last year. Lawrence uh, looking like he's sort of settled down and and showing signs of his talent. Fun team to watch on the road. Florida, you know, we kind of did. Uh, we did. We I think we kind of hit Florida around the same sort of time last season in Tampa Bay, didn't we? And I think we're going to teach them a thing or two, and I think we're going to win. Yeah, I agree with a win there. Um, prime time game again. Like the Jags should be good. You know, they're, they're like you said, they took a real step forward last year. They felt they did have a real chance in that playoff game as well. So I, yeah, I mean, you never know, dear. You? you never know how they see it. But by this point, you know, God knows what could have happened. <laughs> the NFL but I, I'd, I'd like to think we could take down the Jags yeah I'd like to think we'll take down the Colts the week after the 10th of December yeah. at 6 o'clock so I'm going for home win for the Bengals against yeah. the Colts uh, yeah. although they've got some good, good players uh, Bengals Vikings and we haven't got time for that yet interesting that's the 17th Sunday the 17th so that might be flexed I don't know whether they're looking at that um, should be a great game actually Bengals Vikings uh, I'm going for a home win but only just 
Vikings, the Vikings are going to really fancy themselves, aren't they? When you think about it, because obviously Aaron Rodgers is out of the division. I know everyone's saying the Lions are going to be, you know, better, and everyone's in love with the Lions a bit, and they, the Bears, I think, are still quite away from, you know, really being a proper threat next year. So you'd think the Vikings, you know, based on what they've got will probably be in a pretty good position there. So, I mean, that could, and no wonder it's not got the time because that really could be a bit of a premier matchup, mm. couldn't it, with playoffs and seedings or whatever else on the line. But what are you saying? I mean, well, they might be without Dalvin yeah. Cook. Um, we, but, we, you know. Yeah, I think at home, I back us, you know, I really yeah. do. Okay, very good. Now then, business end, business end, Nathan, final three. I have got us at currently 11 and three. You have... 10 and four. Yeah, 10 and four. So not much in it, you know. Steelers at ba- sorry, Steelers hosting the Bengals on the twenty third of December. What do you think? It's, it's a savage last three games, isn't it? I mean, arguably four games because the Vikings will be good. I know they're at home, but I mean, the last three games away at the Steelers. I mean, cool. I'm going to go. We win. I am going to go. Yeah, we win. me too. Actually, because we've. We've done well against them in pre in the last couple of three years. I wouldn't say we've got their number, but certainly we there's no fear now going into Pittsburgh. And as I say, I think they'll be improved this year. I think they'll be a good team. Um, I still think we'll win though. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking firm on that win, my son. Okay, now then, so we'll we'll just come out the other end of Christmas Day, uh, and we've got a New Year's Eve game. Nine twenty-five for British fans, and we are actually just judging by the response. We are looking into having a bit of a a, a do. I know lots of people have family commitments and frankly don't want to really go out of the house on on New Year's Eve, or they're going to be at a party or have pre-arranged events. But there seems to be some movement for uh, to, for putting on a. Um, and meet up to watch this game and and I tell you now it could happen so um, watch this space on that one we're putting together I don't think I ever remember seeing a game on New Year's Eve like that he's a bit of a mad mm, one yeah, isn't it right, it'll literally right. like be running you know you think until sort of quarter to one in the morning so that'd be a, a very very cool you know you sort of nick it into the fourth quarter and the yeah. you know the clocks are striking 12 that'd be a yeah a game that is spread across two years i know <laughs> right yeah i know right yeah that's that's It'll start in crazy. 2023 and finish in 2024 absolutely mad what do you think though what a, what, I mean, great game if if our records are correct we could both of these teams could be playing for the number one seed it is beautifully selected for the kind of we, we there was some speculation wasn't there that uh, uh, Chiefs Bengals was going to be the first game of the season on the Thursday night to kick everything off a, a rematch uh, of the AFC championship but no they've they've held their cards and kept their powder dry to the well, just kept their powder dry everywhere, basically, and um, yeah, what, a, what? A, I think your phrase is naughty, naughty. What a naughty fixture to have on New Year's Eve. It is a bit naughty, isn't it? I mean, you just got to hope. Well, I mean, do you have to hope? Because there's an argument like if it if it's a big game and it's for the number one seed or it's to get in the playoffs, whatever the situation might be, cool. Because it means we'll be in a very good position at that point down the year. If it's a bit of a dud. The, the game before last, either we've absolutely smashed it, you know, or something's gone fairly wrong. I mean, you've got to think, <clears> as Mahomes and Burroughs stay upright, that this game, you know, the two teams in that game are going to be serious contenders. I hope it, you know, is, I hope we're both, you know, only two losses each, and this is, you know, an absolute corker um, for the number one seed. I can't, I, it's going to be a really hard ask away against the Chiefs um, on New Year's Eve, and I think if you're going to pick a loss out, yeah, um, I'm going to go for a loss. Yeah, I'm going to go for yeah. a loss, and uh, we'll get them back in the playoffs. I think, even if at can, uh, uh, even at uh, 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 even at Arrowhead, I think we could do it this year in the playoffs. Um, I don't I just don't think that. I mean, they've got a chance, obviously, in this this regular season fixture because they, there is just no fear associated with going to Arrowhead anymore. The rivalry is there. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like locked in for a cracking game and. Uh, yeah, I just again, it's at this stage, um, it's just you going on feelings and hunches and what you've kind of seen and how they've drafted. I kind of like how they've drafted Kansas, so 
and yeah and they've got my homes do you know what i mean so yeah i think um yeah home win for the chiefs and i'm going to finish off with a bengals home win on sunday the 7th of january leaving yeah. my <laughs> bengals with a record of 13 and 4 yeah and it'd leave me with 12 and 5 i'm going for a win there as well um and I, I, those are the records that you've got to be hoping for for this team and it feels weird as a bengal's fan to go through well i was just six- gonna say isn't it weird yeah. that we're not saying oh it's uh, we're at nine and seven ten and six we might yeah. we are now you know with we're, th- we're thinking about your 12s and 13 wins well but you know what's it's funny mad. as well is you, it feels like almost arrogant, doesn't it? Going, oh, yeah, we'll beat them or beat this. Yeah, and and of, course, of course, you never know what's uh, going to happen with injuries exactly. uh, yeah. during the game. We, I mean, that yeah. game against the Steelers last year in the opener was a prime example, you know, when no one predicted that, uh, uh, you know, long snapper would get injured um, and completely, you know, have such an incredibly big effect on the outcome of the game. Do you know what I mean? So you just don't know how games are no, going to turn out. You know what? As good as, you know, with everyone I think pretty much unanimously has been really positive about the team. You'd like to think they're take a step forward. If you're just going to be, you know, super out there and get on the team's back, that defence could be a liability. We've lost some of our best players on that defence. Von Bell, Jesse Bates, veterans, quality players. You've replaced them with, you know, younger players, less proven players. Could be a big problem. You know, you, it's not a guarantee that all the... Dax Hill's just going to step out. Cam Taylor Britt's going to, you know, be playing at an absolutely top level. That they could be liabilities. You know, you just got to face facts that you know that can happen in the NFL. People aren't always, you know, we sort of build them up, build them up because you want them to do well so badly. But the reality is, you know, Nick Scott could come over. He could be dog shit. You know what I mean? Like, I hope he's not, but you know, he could be. And I, I think we've got to. You know, the thing is that you say that, and, you know, I, I love the fact me and you are sitting here calling 12, 13 win seasons. That's unbelievable, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think we could have done that three or four years ago, you know, when it was all, you know, all in the bin. You know, you'd say, cool, this is absolutely crazy. The only thing I would say is if, you know, what, what we're gonna, we want the Super Bowl next year, you know, this year, didn't we? We want it. There's no there's no doubts about it. There's no, um, you know, all the playoffs would be nice. Or maybe if we could win a couple more playoff games, that'd be nice. You know, we've got over that that sort of um, hump. We want it all. And the reality is, here, you know, it's, I said it last year when we got to the playoffs and we were sort of, you know, we got in and everything else and the seedings weren't necessarily that favourable for us and we had to go away to Buffalo, you had to go away to the Chiefs. You can't afford that. You can't get into the playoffs and be in a situation where you've got to play, you know, free away games then play the Super Bowl a neutral venue against top teams. You know, if you've got to play three games on the road against the Chiefs, Bills, one one of the you know the teams in our divisions as a good year, like the Ravens or Steelers, you might win one or two of them, but you ain't going to do a sweep of them like that. You need to try and take control of your own destiny. And I think for the Bengals this year, we've got to win our division. I think and that's going to be bloody hard considering the strength of the division, but we need to win the division um, first and foremost. And really, for the if we want a chance of winning the Super Bowl, I think you've really got to get that one or two seed and really sort of take control of... Mm. Um, you know the seedings in the playoffs. We're quality at Paul Brown. The fans are unbelievable. You know the. I'm sorry, it's not Paul Brown anymore, is it? I but, know, uh, cool, yeah. um, you know the atmosphere is unbelievable. You, you really back the team. It's like I said in the schedule. In arguably, we shouldn't lose a game at home. You know, there's a real chance that we can go in there and go undefeated at home this season. We're that good. You know, the home advantage is excellent for us. You'd like to think we can do that, but you know, if we can get those games in the playoffs. And really give ourselves a bit of an edge there, you know, make the Chiefs come to us, make the Bills come to us, make whoever, Jacksonville, Miami, it's all completely feasible, you know, New York Jets, you don't know who's going to be there at the end of the season, there's some very good teams yeah, there, yeah, exactly, yeah. make them come to us, you know, let's not, let's not be travelling all around the, the country going and, you know, and the away games, making it difficult for ourselves, and just one last thing, son, so I've been rambling on for a while now, but... I thought it was interesting um, that came out a list the other day. Everyone, they love their graphs and lists in the US, didn't they? But mm. it came out that the Bengals are travelling the least. Um, yeah, I saw to, that. Uh, Wasn't Seattle are travelling the most? Um, yeah, and it's something like 30-odd right. thousand miles. And, yeah. and we're talking about travelling. We should also say that uh, we, well, you know this by now, but I think there was some excitement and there was some hope that the Bengals might have been one of the teams coming over to uh, the UK this year, but sadly the Ravens are the other team, 
and two houses playing. I can't even remember. I blocked it out of my mind. I was just disgusted by the fact that but the Bengals weren't coming over, so I just kind of threw everything in the air, in the air, and walked off in a big huff. And um, but yeah, yeah. No, I saw that. So that's quite interesting, isn't it? Or is it? Or does you think? I mean, that does have an impact slightly. Well, I, you think? I mean, you know, no one likes sitting on aeroplanes and driving in coaches. Uh, excuse me, someone. I know someone who does like sitting. On well, I don't. Enjoy, I don't enjoy that part of it. I don't mind when you get there, <laughs> but I don't enjoy sitting on a plane for two hours or wherever long. But yeah. you know, I think that is something that's positive. You know, it allows people to get better rest. It allows you know people to feel fresher. It means you're probably going across less time zones. I know it's not necessarily crazy, um, you know, in the US with the stuff like that, but. Yeah, I think it's good. You know, it's a positive um, for sure. It gives you a little bit, a bit extra, doesn't it? So I don't think you can argue too much with that. No, all I know there's there's some fantastic games coming up uh, from September onwards. Uh, but uh, how to fill our um, summer? Oh, I mean, we should be uh, lots of Ashes cricket, which I'm looking forward to. But anyway, let's uh, let's bring in our special guest, shall we? Actually, son, just quickly, and I thought this was a, an interesting thing that popped up this week. You know, we said there's not much going on in the NFL at the moment, but yet we've come, you know, fully armed in the end, haven't we, with things going on. But I thought it was fascinating that the Bengals reached out to the NFL um, yes. in the scheduling, yeah. and they were interested in hosting um, the first ever and being like a regular host, a bit like you got the Lions and the Cowboys for the Thanksgiving game, for a Black Friday game. Um, and they put their name forward for it. They didn't get it. Um, which is a real shame, but I thought it's it's interesting again. Again, it goes back to the Bengals' sort of marketing and really trying to push themselves. Yeah, I was going to say they're putting themselves forward now, aren't they? They are. They they they're trying to take advantage and exploit where they are in terms of popularity and visibility and all those things that you guys in digital marketing like to talk about. And um, yeah, I thought that was. I mean, I hate I hate the idea of. Black Friday and things set up just for shopping and you know consumerism and all that kind of stuff. But that's just me. But yeah, I mean that would have been great for the Bengals. That I mean that could have been a proper little money maker. I think. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean you got you got a prime time slot. People are watching. It's a it's a fun time of the year, isn't it? You're getting towards the end of November and December's on the horizon. Obviously, Thanksgiving in the US is huge. So it would have been fantastic for the Bengals. It's new. Um, and you know what, the Bengals. <laughs> From a marketing perspective, have done such a lot of great work over the last couple of years, mm, and mm. you talk, you know, about the, um, the NFL wanting to sort of put them into that slot, you know, potentially put them into that slot for the opening game of the season. You only do that with sexy teams, you know. That game against the Chiefs deliberately, you know, has been placed there. Everyone's talking about it. They're building up these sort of rivalries that, um, you know, it's almost like a legacy rivalry, you know, that you'll look back on in yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent and remember yeah. when oh the Chiefs and the Bengals in the you know the twenties they were you know oh, it's um, fantastic. Games, Joe Burrow, Mahomes, you know. In and that, the 20s. That, oh my God, that sounds so weird for the 21st century. I know. I know. But yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's awesome that the team now feel confident enough and have, you know, really sort of stepped out there and are trying to sort of promote the team. And the Bengals are becoming a sexy team. I mean, if you, if you were a fan in the UK or in the US and, you know, you perhaps didn't have an allegiance to a team and you were watching the NFL loosely, I mean, the Bengals would be one of the top five ten teams i think you look at there's a lot to like about the team they're, yeah, they've done a yeah, really good job of it and i think you will see especially in the uk you know more and more fans as we know you know from the people following us on twitter and stuff but a lot of younger fans especially that you know get into grips with the game and watching it on tv and playing fantasy football that actually turn around and say cool i love joe burrow he's a really cool guy or jamar chase is unbelievable and you know, Zach Taylor's a young coach. Yeah, the tiger uniforms, the white tiger uniforms. You know, there's a lot to like. There is. Uh, speaking of a lot to like, let's bring in our special guest. And as promised, uh, as you, as long-term listeners will know, we do like to talk to uh, uh, one of the rookie class every year because we just find it so fascinating and we like to give them a warm welcome First hand, and I'm delighted to say that uh, uh, six-round pick Andre Yosevash is here. Andre, how you doing? Welcome to Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. And that was a pretty good pronunciation of my last name too. So, so that's a good start. I have been. I well, I want to say it comes naturally, but yeah. uh, I have been practicing um, a little bit 
because you know i think everybody as soon as each pick is announced everybody all the fans are instantly kind of like who's that guy how do you pronounce io cybers uh yoshi voshi what what the <laughs> you, you know so um i think every fan wants to wants to kind of get going and know who who are new who are shiny new bengals are right so so you are a very shiny bengal i don't mind telling um don't mind telling everyone um wide receiver and you're you're quite fascinating i think um you don't you haven't come like the usual route right you've come from punahu um high school in honolulu i hope i pronounced that correctly as well um okay yeah i like this Uh, and then you go from the extreme west to to extreme east to princeton And then you come down to Cincinnati. Now, obviously, you didn't have too much choice on where you were going to end up, but you must be delighted. What a journey so far, though. I mean, just tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, definitely. So it's kind of a long journey, to be honest. So I'll start with where I was born, actually. So my parents, so my dad is from Romania and my mom's from the Philippines, and they actually met in Japan. So that's where I was born. So my brother and I were both born in Japan. My brother's two years younger than me. Um, but we ended up moving to Hawaii when I was about three years old. So I don't remember much about Japan, but I did end up getting my citizenship like my junior year of high school. So I guess that's like kind of an interesting fact. But, you know, I've been in Hawaii for as long as I can remember. Um, and, you know, my dad, he was always really hard on me academically. So, you know, the goal was he always we always knew that I was really athletic. So I always wanted to go to the NFL. Football was my first love. Um, so I wanted to go to Stanford. That was a dream school. But out of high school, I didn't produce that much. So I, you know, had to take it upon myself to go get noticed. So we did like an Ivy League tour because I had good grades in high school as well. So I did Princeton, uh, Brown, Yale, and Dartmouth. And Princeton and Dartmouth. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's got their own little idea of what an Ivy League school looks like. Um, when you came over from Hawaii and went on this Ivy League tour, yeah. what what was the first thing that hit you? What was it like? And you obviously ended up choosing Princeton. Um yeah. but yeah, give us an insight into 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 what an Ivy League tour is and, and <laughs> kind of did it kind of dispel uh, any stereotypes that you had in your mind or did they create new ones or what what was going on there? Yeah, I mean, I always knew that these institutions were like really old, like really great grand things, but being on the campus of or like the campuses that i visited you know there's no architecture really like it in hawaii or even like on the west coast and you see these things that these buildings that look like hogwarts and and you you kind of feel like all the all the history and all the you know the grace that had come before you when you like walk through the walk through those campuses and it, it was a bit i wouldn't say i felt the culture change as much just like the architecture and you know just being on the east coast was the, the biggest thing I noticed about the East Coast actually was that there's like no mountains. Like right. uh, it's just flat. Like in Hawaii, you know, you can kind of see geographically like where you are, even if you don't have a map or something like you can see that mountain, you kind of know where you are. But like on the mainland, you just you kind of don't really know where you are. So when you got to uh, Princeton, were you were you more Gryffindor or Slytherin? <laughs> uh, I would say one of my old friends is a big Gryffindor guy, so I'll just say that I'm not a big. <laughs> you look more Gryffindor than Slytherin, yeah. I have to say. Okay, um, okay so um, you you do really well at Princeton, and you get this. You've got this insane schedule that I've been reading and hearing about. You know, you you balance the heptathlon right. uh, with your studies, politics, as you mentioned and also your football as well how and also you're not an unattractive man andre i don't mind telling you look at that smile goodness me uh listeners if you could see andre's smile it's it's a hundred it's a hundred dollar smile um i'm sorry i'm being i'm being silly but you know what i mean um but going to university you know there's a there's some social fun to be had at university right um how did how the hell did you balance and, and fit everything in? I don't understand that at all. Yeah, so I mean the track thing, so it's not like I was ever doing football and track at the same time, but you know, having a sport to kind of just keep my day in line actually right. helped me, I thought. 
Um, because, you know, football season, you have to get your work done by a certain time or else you're going to get no sleep. You're not going to be ready for yeah. practice, all this kind of stuff. So the track kind of just helped me. I mean, it was a lot after football. Like, you know, you don't really have time to rest. You kind of just jump into it. Um, sure. But, I mean, it, it does keep me grounded and does keep me focused. So I would say, you know, I think the hardest part was just understanding how to do the work, like the school right. work as efficiently as possible. I think that's the hardest thing. And then, you know, I really do really well for Princeton in the um, FCS. And I read that your opponents are telling everyone that you're the, the, the most difficult opponent they, they've come up against. You suddenly enter the phase of, here we go. It's the next stage. It's time to finish college and perhaps move to the pros. And talk to us about the senior bowl. Because what was your mindset going into the senior bowl? Um, again, the FCS, not a heralded conference. Uh, Princeton, not a, you know, with, I think there was like, there's been 16 other Ivy League or players that have come from Ivy League schools, I believe. I may be wrong on that. You might be able to correct me. That have gone on to the NFL. Did you feel that this was, you know, you were up against it? The odds were against you? Or would were you, did you go down to the senior ball thinking, I, I can do this, you know, and I'm really looking forward to mixing it with the best in the country down at the senior ball? Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be some sort of, like, I want to say anxiety, but like you're just anxious to get out there and compete. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you never like doubt yourself too much, but it's kind of just like, okay, now I get to show my skills. Now I get to show everybody like what they're missing out on, all this kind of stuff. And I mean, I know people knock the FCS a lot, but the thing that sucks about the Ivy League is that we don't even get to go to the playoffs of the FCS. So we don't get to face mm -hmm. like the North Dakota State, South Dakota State, other kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. I kind of felt like there are extra chips on my shoulder just to like, show even the other fcs guys like what i was about as well how's how's the size of the chip on your shoulder now because i'm here to tell you andre that you are an nfl player you are an nfl how good does that feel you must be like i don't know rock hard with excitement and and kind of anticipation and and you know just buzzing with stuff you know so yeah how size is how 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 big is the chip on your shoulder now do you feel in a sense that okay i can breathe and relax now but now it's the it's where the work really begins is that the feeling yeah i mean the you know getting your name called on draft day is always like a dream for anybody who wants to go to the nfl um i mean it was a bit of a you know, relaxed feeling once I got that call too, kind of knowing where I was going to go just because the process was so long. And so, and I didn't know what was going on, but once I got chosen, it's kind of like showed me the direction that I was going to go. And now I can just put my head down and just keep working. So I'm just really blessed and honored. Were you, um, what was the feeling when your name was called? Was it relief? Was it excitement? Was it a bit of everything? Yeah. Uh, it, what, what was what was you spent it with your family? I think we saw some some pictures and snippets of video uh, from that from that moment. It must have been. I mean, the whole thing's surreal, right? How did you? Let's talk about the pre-draft process leading uh -huh. up to that when your name was called. How was it for you? Was I mean, obviously you went. You, I think you came in for a visit in in Cincinnati or to Cincinnati, rather, didn't you? So, um, how how was the whole pre-draft process? You know, after you'd finished at the Senior Bowl, um, was it kind of nerve-wracking? Was it surreal? Was it how how was it for you? Yeah, I mean, like the after the Senior Bowl was the combine and all that kind of stuff. But we already had so many meetings at the Senior Bowl that the combine was kind of just more informal for me. But uh yeah i mean you're just training and like not really knowing where you're gonna go and you're meeting with all these teams who say they like you and then draft day comes up and you're expected to go into in a certain round and then those teams are picking other receivers over you and mm -hmm. you know this, you know you always are very you're you're wishing for the bet best but like preparing for the worst type of deal in your head you know so i mean there's a span during the draft where my name wasn't being called for kind of a long time and i had to go blow off some steam a little bit just throw the like play some catch outside for a little bit with my friends and my family. And, you know, everyone kind of knew that I was getting a little bit anxious. So, I mean, there's always just that, that fear of the unknown, I guess, kind of gets to you a little bit, but you know, everything kind of goes away. Once I saw that, that Ohio number calling me and I was, did you expect, did you expect those guys to ring you out of everyone that 
perhaps uh, you might have heard that had interest in you? Were you expecting it to be the Bengals? Yeah, I, I knew that they liked me, but I didn't know when they would take me. And then, so they took Charlie in the fourth. So I kind of thought that they were, you know, kind of off the off the radar, um, which was fine. But I, at that point, I didn't really know where I was going to go. But when they took yeah. me in the sixth, I was ecstatic because I love the coaching staff and I love the players here and the culture. So I was really happy with that. Well, that's all done now. You're, I'm guessing you're in Cincinnati somewhere because it's rookie camp at the moment, isn't it? So how's it been? Um, wh who have you met? I mean, obviously, the Bengals have got a very kind of storied wide receiver room. I mean, we think it's the they're the best starting trio in the league, um, to be honest with you. Um, what have you made of it all? Have you had con? I want to ask you so many questions, but let, let's just start. How has it been so far? It's been good. I mean, we just had that one practice on Friday. Um, mm -hmm. It was good just to get out there with Coach Walters and Brad and the other rookie receivers and just, you know, get moving a little bit. Um, but the camaraderie between the rookie guys, the rookie receiver and the rookie class has been, has been good. I like all the guys that we have. And I mean, it kind of just speaks to the kind of people that the Bengals want to bring into their team. So I, I feel mm. like we're all going to come in and do really well. What has, what has Troy Walters told you and said to you in terms of how you're going to make it in this league? Has he, has he even spoken about that yet? Or has it been very, we know that you're athletically gifted You've yeah. got all the tools in the in the toolkit there. Um, I guess two part question: Has Troy? Have you sat down and spoken to Troy about this, or and have you got your own thoughts about uh, and ideas about how you're going to adjust to the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I kind of know that I'm going to have to contribute a lot on special teams this year. Um, obviously, the receiving room is the best receiving room in the country. So, I mean, I think they kind of look at me as more of a project um are you but, okay with that because that's been mentioned a few times how do you feel when someone say that um, guy's a project how do you feel I mean, how does that make you feel i mean they'll, they'll see when i compete with people at camp um ca for you know because i've only had the senior bowl to really compete but sure um, but once i once i get to camp and show people my skills maybe that label will start to slowly peel off a bit but i mean that's just how they think now you know things can change and um i think i have all the tools to be great and so i think they mm -hmm. I think I have a really high ceiling as well. So, I mean, yeah. just as long as they put the effort and hope into me, then that's all I need. Sure, sure. Um, and of course, at camp, you'll be you'll be in that room with Jamar and T and and TB and yeah. uh, Trent and Irwin and all those guys. Um, have you have, have they reached out to you? Has the big man himself, number nine, uh, <laughs> the man who who uh, who looks over all Cincinnati, um, Joe Burrow, has he been in touch? Have, have the veterans been in touch at all? Um, none of the receivers have uh, have reached out to us, or me at least, but Joe Burrow has texted, gave me a quick little text, oh. just yeah. said, oh, hey, like, like let's, get, let's go, let's get ready to work, excited to have you. So that, that was a nice text to, to receive. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. All right, uh, Andre, I'm going to let you go. Um, thanks so much for the time. Um, listeners, he's doing this on a Sunday as well. It's really cool of him. Um, I just want to ask you finally, what what are your expectations? What are your goals? I mean, you don't have to share everything. I'm sure there some some of them are private. But um, now you're here in the NFL, um, you know, how do you reflect on the last couple of months and now going forward? What are your goals? Uh, you know, tell us a little bit yeah. about what you're expecting from the current season. Well, there's always, as an athlete and as a man and, and as as a professional, you know, I go into my work thinking that I want to be the best at what I'm doing, at least within myself. I want to be the best version, best receiver that I can be every year. And so um, I'm so always looking to get better. And wherever that will lead me on my path in my career, that's where it will lead me. But if I can say that I was the best receiver and I did everything I could to be that person, that receiver, then then I will have no problems with how my career pans out. Mm. And and as a as a human being, you're obviously bright and smart. Um, this is this is really exciting, isn't it? This is super exciting, man. Because yeah. you said it's. Do you feel that difference now? But it's between. This is your job now, right? This is your job. At a I mean, you're talking to a British fan group 
<laughs> I'm guessing Princeton and not only many other colleges have British fan groups, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. fan groups around the world. This mm -hmm. is a much higher level. The exposure's higher. Are you, does that excite you? Does that make you kind of get you juiced up? Yeah, it's super exciting. I mean, just just knowing that everything I've worked for is is here in front of my face. And now, I mean, I know that I have to work a lot more, but it's just so exciting to be able to, you know, realize the dreams that I've always seen for myself. So it's a very, it's a new time and a very exciting time. Okay, give us one player that, um, a comparison, a comp. Who would you say? That, I mean, there's obviously only uh, one Andre Yesovash, but... Who, if 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 you were going to kind of describe yourself to Bengals fans around the world who want to know more about you, what kind of player you are, what would you what would you say to them? Who would I? Who do I think I'm most comp to, or who, who would I like to be most comp to? Like, okay, who, let's do that. Let's do two. Let's do them both. Let's okay. do the first one. Who who do you think you are? Um, I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of Christian Watson, um, just because my size, speed, agility. Um, mm -hmm. You don't really get all that, like that full combo. Um, mm -hmm. So that, that's a nice comparison. And then the person I would like to, and who I've watched in the past, is probably like Julio Jones, right, or right, Brown, or something like that. Cool. Yeah. Goodness, if you have half the career of those guys, uh, I mean, uh, we need to buy Duke and his staff uh, uh, a round of drinks. <laughs> Andre, I'm going to leave you. I'm, I'm going to let you get out of here. Thank you so much for the time. It, it, I do find that talking to rookies genuinely fascinating because something that we certainly in the UK with our sports, mm -hmm. we don't have the draft or anything like that. So I do find draft stories really interesting. And yours, from where you come from, your incredible heritage, um and from where you come from to where you are now uh couldn't be happier to root for you and believe me we will be rooting for you next year um so all the best andre enjoy it uh hope you have a great career man and remember remember us here in the uk we'll be shouting for you appreciate it thank you so much there we go that was andre yoshivash Thanks to Andre for joining us. What a nice man. What a nice young a man. I sound like my mum. What a lovely young man he sounds and is. And uh, genuinely... Go on. Would you have him around for tea with your mum? I think, so. I think he was, he's the type of guy you would uh, invite uh, round for tea with your mum. Because uh, he would just charm the Round for tea with your mum? Anyone that you, would, you, know, you think wouldn't be appropriate to bring back to your house? I think Perfect probably wouldn't go down a treat, would he? When... <laughs> oh, you reckon it'd be if it was just like you and Perfect having tea? I don't know. Well, this is sounding weird. Would but... you, you cook Montez Perfect if he's coming around for tea? Something really spicy, I think. Yeah, ribs like or something like that. Yeah, he like he looks like a a little uh, little spicy mofo. Does uh, Montez Perfect? <laughs> Quinoa burger. <laughs> oh my god! If I bought out any of my corn sausages, he'd like. I think he'd kill me. Um... <laughs> a little lentil soup to start. And a lentil then... soup, a corn burger, and maybe some sort of I don't know. Some uh, some um, gherkins on the side with a few spring onions. Yeah, some of them alfalfa shoots as well, and a salad, something I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, right, uh, Andre, uh, we do wish him well. Genuinely, uh, he's a lovely guy and he's got all the athletic tools. But it's, it's interesting to me that he acknowledged he wasn't a fan of it, but like, well, a huge fan of it, but he, it, it is what it is for him. He acknowledges that he is a bit of a project and it's down to him. It is down to him how he listens to Troy Walters, how he learns from Chase Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, and how quickly he learns. You know, we've seen... Do you remember, I think there were some similarly athletically gifted receivers in recent years. Um, who was that guy? Josh Malone, right? I think yeah, yeah. He, he looked the business, and he, you know, he had a few... Had a few a bit of involvement, but he didn't, he didn't crack it. Cody Core, 
went on yeah. to have a, a middling NFL career. He stuck around with us for a few years, but could never really get on the field. Had his moments, had lots of special teams, very good special teams player, I seem to remember. And and Andre acknowledged that his, you know, his role, his route into the team will be on special teams. But yeah, you know, we've had some guys in the past who have been athletically gifted, the prototypical, you know, wide receiver, big guy, um, stats you know athletic stats and Yoshivash is is one of those guys six foot three looks like a million dollars um he he's got it all going for him but you know we've seen these players come and go so he has got his work cut out for himself and i think he knows it and i think he's ready for for action i think he's ready to to nail down his position he could be if it works out he could be a fantastically valuable weapon i think yeah, it's a bit like, do you remember Desmond Briscoe back in the day? We no, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Sixth six round, didn't really stick here, but he actually had a decent career. He went round the, you know, I think he had a couple of hundred yards receiving in his career, a few touchdowns. I mean, he ended up sticking around just about. Just about. So, yeah, it's exciting. He's going to have an incredible camp battle, isn't he, Yoshivas? I mean, it's going to be a real, um, you know, a really exciting battle with him and the you know, and Trent Taylor and Trenton Irwin and, you know, to see who can sort of... Well, I, I, I think, I genuinely think um, Trent Taylor's in a bit of, in a spot of bother, I think. No, I agree, because I think even if Trent Taylor is perceived to be the better prospect now, I just think to, to get rid of Yoshivas or, um, you know... Charlie you Jones, think, look out for Charlie oh, Jones. I mean. And he, he's going to make the roster, isn't he? You're not giving up on a fourth-round pick, so you can guarantee he'll no. be on there. I don't think Trenton Irwin will be cut. I think he offered too much last yeah, season. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, yeah. In terms of his, you know, ability, whether or not, you know, actually he'll be here long term. I think there'll be better players than him that will step up. Um, I, I mean if I wanted the- to say anything, I think I think Trent Taylor which is weird because he did pretty well last year. Um oh, yeah, I like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think everybody likes him. Um and he's twenty nine, which is the problem. Yeah, and uh Stanley Morgan I think might have to watch his back a little bit because he yeah. I agree. Really good special teams player, great blocker, but does he give you anything else? Not really, I would say. So who knows? Like you say, all to play for. But thanks so much to Andre. It's always really interesting, isn't it, uh, hearing from rookies uh, about their pre-draft process. And this this geezer has come from, as he said, you know, Filipino mother, uh, Romanian father, born in Japan, grew up in Hawaii. Went oh, to right. went to Princeton, and then <laughs> and then and then came down to Cincinnati. I mean, you couldn't Nathan, you couldn't script it, really, could you? No, that is that is literally just picking and plucking, you know, from pretty much anywhere in the world, isn't it? That's yeah. a really interesting cocktail of genetics and you know sort of plans there but good luck to the guy you know a lot of people like what they're seeing from at the moment and everyone this what it's a crazy time of year everyone's just so behind these guys and you're just hoping for the best for them and it do you know what it does it makes the pre-season watchable even though the product yeah. in the pre-season at times is oh yeah we've got three pre-season games i think it's the from yeah. memory i think it's the packers falcons and the washingtons i think is that right does that sound right I might so, be wrong on that. Normally we play the Colts. We're not playing the Colts. No, we've only got three. Three, three, uh, there are three, uh, only three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that, that's what, because you're looking for a guy like that, aren't you? You're looking for him to, you know, to get some snaps, for him to sort of, you know, make a name for himself and force his way onto the roster. You saw Armand Bins, do you remember him? And they were talking about I these. Did, yeah, yeah, I remember Armand Bins. He, he did a cracking job, if memory serves me correctly. Um, in the preseason, who was that geezer? Like you're talking about obscure wide receivers. Zach Taylor's first year, yes, he ended up uh, he ended up starting, start. didn't he? The first game. Who was that? Damian Willis. How about that? <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's what I mean. Like three you... receptions for thirty in that opening game against the uh, the defeat against uh, Seattle in Zach Taylor's first game. Um, John Ross, seven receptions for 158 and two touchdowns in probably his best game in a in a in a Bengals shirt, I think. Um, who has Tyre Eifert was around? Alex Erickson was still around. Dunlap uh, was still around. Two sacks for Old Mother Hubbard. Damian Willis 
he went from the Bengals to the Browns to the Jags to the Broncos to the Giants to the football team <laughs> right. to the Steelers. Oh, wow. And he's now currently, he's out of the league for two years. He's now currently playing for the Seattle Sea Dragons. What, in the XFL? Um, in the XFL, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, there we go. Uh, much fun. We'll be keeping an eye on Andre and all our rookie class, really. I'd say they looked, uh, looked impressive uh, in the very... Uh, short sample size we were given um we look forward to seeing more of them uh, otas coming up and then obviously camp later on in july um but yeah we're going to be sticking around we're going to be doing the odd podcast here and there um so do uh, stick with us we've got some guests lined up so uh, we've got hard knockers of course that will start around uh, training camp time uh we've got our, our news uh that what was that called last year what did we call that last year do you remember that that news item thing that we did last year? this is very boring for you listeners i do apologize uh all i can say is that we will be back intermittently throughout the summer and um we hope you have a nice time as the sun begins to come out thank you once again to andre yoshivash best of luck to him and all the rookie class and nathan you know what it's uh i'm gonna say this it's a who day from me and a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.